Pum, 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 pum. Welcome back. Yeah. A long time. Okay. Yeah, all of like 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. There we go. All right. Uh, welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Today we are here to uh, review the latest Marvel Studios film release, Eternals. Um, I am here with uh, Milos. Hello, hello. And Boris. How about them weeping angels, huh? <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so let me uh, start with the um, our normal information. This film was directed by Chloe Zhao. Uh, runtime of a pro- I think the runtime was about two hours thirty seven minutes. Yep. Um, which is probably right in the Justin zone of like, I already don't want to like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the sweet spot. I think. Yep. This will actually be the first, um, the first review of a Marvel film without, with only one of the core four on it. Cause none of the rest of them even cared about this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Justin was going to see it, but when I asked him if he wanted to do the review, he was like, "No, I'm going to do his shit on it." And I was just like, <laughs> "But And I was just like, "But you haven't even seen it yet. You already know that." And he was like, mm, "I guess." <laughs> so, yeah, um so what were your did you guys see this together or No, no. I moved no, all really, the way across from the different of the country, man. But oh, that's right. You're across the country from each other now, right? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I went to, yeah, I went to see it with yeah. my girlfriend, and she thought it was okay. Didn't think it was anything, you know, huge. Uh, me, on the other hand, I liked it. I liked it because it was a little different Marvel movie. Uh, but other than yep. that, uh, I want to see more. Yep, Milos. Okay, so first I'm going to start with an anecdote. I've so got one when too, I went though. and saw the movie... Uh, I saw, I went to see the 2D projection. So we're there. The movie's about to start. They ran all the trailers beforehand. And the sign shows up on screen. It's like, please put on your 3D glasses. And everybody in the oh, theater okay. is looking at each other. And like, anybody got glasses, fair glasses or something? And people are freaking out. So the movie starts and we're like, okay, they're playing this in 3D. So I actually had to run out, get the guys to change it back to 2D. And the dude <laughs> later on told me, he's like, you should have just, you, you know, because I know everything in that movie theater, he's like, you should grab the glasses and watch it in 3D. I was like, yeah, there's like 20 other people. So I was like, you know, hmm. they'd be freaking out. Now back to the yeah. movie. I absolutely loved it. Yep. As far as Marvel, Marvel movies go this year, I still liked uh, Shang-Chi better. Uh, but I love as much as I love action I love storytelling and this one is full of storytelling just because you have to in order to tell this movie the way that you want you have the story, you have to explain who they are, how they got here and everything else and Chloe Zhao, she was perfect for this Mm -hmm. and I absolutely love it yeah, awesome I think uh, you and I are going to be pretty much in line with each other here. No. Uh, I, also, I also have an anecdote for this movie, and it sort of plays into why we're doing this review now as opposed to uh, later on this week. Um, I had... <coughs> <no> Mother-in-law. 
I had no plans to see this movie until uh, Wednesday, and today <laughs> is today is Sunday, uh, November seventh. And I had no plans to see this until the tenth, and um, so my mother-in-law was in town. She just left this morning um, <laughs> after my wife had a, a you know outpatient surgery thing that we were. She was helping us with some of the you know so that Corey didn't have to butt her ass doing anything. Um, so uh, a couple days ago, she says on Saturday, why don't we go to like dinner and a movie or something? And I said, oh, okay, well, I'll let you guys pick because the one thing I want to go to, neither of you probably has any interest in, meaning this movie. And um, my mother-in-law says, oh, that Marvel thing? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and I said, really? I, I go, really? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. And she goes, and she said the thing that just made the rest of my weekend. She goes, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to get into those movies, but I don't. You know, but because they're all over TV all the time now, and like I know there's a ton of them, but I don't know, you know, I have no idea what order to watch them in or anything. So, like, can you make me a list of Hi. the order they take place in? So I gave her a list, and uh, she's gonna go home and start watching them, I guess. So oh, uh, nice. I'll, I'll report back over time as I hear stuff. Um, yes, please do. But yeah, we all love I I love this movie. I had no expectations of this going in. I actually I am not a huge fan of Chloe Zhao. I mean, I did like The Farewell. She Farewell did do that. Sucked. Farewell sucked. That's all I'm going to okay. say. Okay. I did like that, but to me that wasn't a direction thing. That was just how good Aquafina was. Like to me there was no real direction to that at all. Um I have not seen Nomadland nor do I have any real Oh, sorry. I thought I was talking about Nomadland. Sorry, okay. uh, Nomadland sucked. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have not seen it, nor do I have any real desire to do so. So it's I was. I tried to, but I couldn't. It was just like, yeah. It's more of a documentary than anything else. Uh, yeah, so was, and not a very good one. Yep. Yeah, because I kind of felt like it couldn't decide whether it wanted to be a documentary or a narrative film, and it was sort of somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, it's like pick a side and stick with it. Yeah. Um, so I was not, you know, I was not uh, particularly optimistic about this movie. I did think, and, you know, I know there have been past MCU movies where this has been talked about. Like, this is the thing that's going to be the first failure. Like, that that came out a lot when Guardians of the Galaxy came out. That came out a lot when Ant-Man came out. And Thor um, Ragnarok, man, when Taika Waititi was supposed to direct it. No, I well, don't here's the thing: that. we we touched on this like when we did like past reviews, and we brought yeah. it up. It's like Marvel ha Marvel has a knack of bringing directors, yep. giving them exactly the project they're meant to do. It's yeah, like, even if they're like relatively unknown, and you're like, well, why is that guy directing this, and why is this guy directing that? And then it's like when you see it on screen, it ends up being brilliant, which is exactly yeah. what's happened here. And what I what I realized with this one is that it takes a lot of it does a lot of things very differently than a lot of the other ones would have would have approached a story like this. And I really like like the the whacked out science fiction stuff and this into that. And I think as a result, 
I really loved it. Like I am seeing it again. I mean, I am going, I'm still going on Wednesday. Um, so I am going to see it again, but this has right now, Shang-Chi is my favorite one of these for the year. And this does, this does have the, the capacity to pass that. I just have to see it again and kind of let it settle. Um, so yeah, I was really impressed and my wife liked it a lot. Um, my mother-in-law really enjoyed it. Um, and like I said, she's going to go back and start watching all the other ones. Um, so yeah, we were, and there are some things that I, you know, we're going to get into like, cause I know there are things that, cause you guys don't read a lot of comics and there are probably things that I can add to that. Um, but we'll get to that in due time. Um, so I'm going to try, and this, this one's kind of not difficult, but the plot for this one could get sort of convoluted if you're not careful. So I'm going to try to do this in... I think Chloe the... took a page out of Christopher Nolan's book. Yeah, but it worked. Like, yeah, for sure. Better lot, than anything of, Chris Nolan does, in my opinion. A lot of times when Nolan does it, I feel like he just does it because he's got his head up his own ass, not because yep. it actually works. Yep, um, agreed, agreed. Yeah, but it ends up working, so I don't care. The one I that feel love, like that guy can direct the cookbook, and I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna be like, yeah, yeah, yeah fuck I have, that guy, man. I haven't minded. <laughs> I haven't minded it that much. The one, the one movie of his where it got me was Dunkirk, because I was constantly like, where, where is this? What the fuck? Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't mind that in Dunkirk. I'm I mounted uh, I minded that in uh, Memento and few and Prestige, I think. But uh, yeah, because okay. I hate Leo Prestige. Leo I would have to watch it. The again. guy's a genius. A genius, yeah. I tell you. you can suck I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to the Oppenheimer movie. I'll tell you that. Um, yep. So, all right. Let me sure. try to. Let me try to, uh, and we're we're in spoilers now because I'm gonna have to. There are things in this that I'm gonna have to. Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. So we're in spoilers. Uh, if you haven't, if you haven't seen this yet and you want to see it before you listen to this, uh, stop now. Come back. We won't be offended. Um, so I'm just gonna give it a five oh, boy, count. Smite. like he's yeah. he's like that. He just like that. So I'm gonna give it a five count. One, two, three, four. You've been warned. Good luck. Uh, okay, so we start in like ancient Mesopotamia, and that those deviant creatures start coming out of the water, opposed to like a fishing village, and the Eternals show up and beat the crap out of them. So, uh, and we'll run through the characters too. The whole beating uh, the crap out of them does take a long time, though. They yeah. kill them all. Yep. Um, so that basically you find out in the early sections that this group of, of people called the Eternals have been sent to Earth by the Celestial Arishem, uh ostensibly to protect the intelligent life of Earth from the Deviants, who are like these predatory monsters who just kill everything. Um, so they do this over... And there, there are various flashbacks throughout the film, interspersed throughout the film, but I'm going to try to not do them in the order they came in because I don't really remember what that order was, and I saw it yesterday. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no worries, dude. So over time, you know, they show various things where the group fights the deviants, and then uh, at one point when they believe all the deviants to have been destroyed, 
their leader, Ajak, played by Sama Hayek, uh, basically tells him, okay, we're stuck here until Arishem tells us to come back. So, like, go live lives and stuff. And this was, like, during uh, the time of, like, Babylon and crap. This was way before any kind of civilization that we have now. So then you cut to the present, and we see uh, the character of Cersei, played by um, uh, Gemma Chan, who was also in Captain Marvel, which I uh, barely remembered. Yeah. Uh but not as not as this character. She played one of the Kree Star Force people, um, and uh, so she is in London working for a, I believe, like the Museum of Antiquities in London. Um, and so she goes to That's the Natural History Museum, and oh. that was really cool seeing on screen because I was there. Yeah, and I was like, I know where this is. Yeah, in the okay. the little we've been Corey and I have been to London. We didn't go there. Um, oh, but, dude, that was, that was a huge miss. Yep. But in the bits we were in London, I was looking for places that we'd been. Um, so, uh, so you go and she goes into this museum where she apparently and uh, her boyfriend Dane Whitman, who we'll get into. He has very little to do with the. Uh, yes, I have a lot of questions. He was. I'm gonna her. have to say he's a uh, he's a character was one of my one of the things I was most looking forward to in this movie because I, I wanted to see how they go from Dan Whitman into who he eventually becomes in the MCU. I can and answer I was, all like, your... I was just waiting for that end credit scene where I was like, okay, this is where it's happening. This is where it's happening. We'll we'll have to talk about that too. I can answer all of your questions about Dane Whitman. Uh or I don't know who he is. That's why I was looking to see how they're gonna do it on screen. I have a theory. As we'll far get as like that. the Black Knight goes and the Ebony Blade and everything else. I have a theory. We'll I'm get familiar to that. with the character. Yeah. So, um, earthquake happens worldwide, right? Yep. And yep. So apparently, this is you know. So this happens, and then they they leave the museum with Dane, and you also meet. Sprite, who's another Eternal, she's like eternally like a 14-year-old girl and doesn't yep. age or anything. Um, and she's apparently living pretending to be her kid just for the, the illusion of it all. They don't really get into that. It was the younger sister, but... Oh. Well, or I niece that, or something. I guess, she, Not the I, guess she, I guess they don't have to really play that card. Um, so they get attacked by a deviant in London, um, and they're a little bit thrown off because uh, the deviants don't usually attack them. They attack humans, and they have to come in and stop it. The other thing that they're confused by is that the deviant appears to have, like, where normally there's, like, raging yep. monsters. And in this distance, it was a healing ability. Yep. Yep. So uh, they fight off the... And then uh, they start to lose, and Icarus shows up, played by Richard Madden, uh, continuing the Game of Thrones, uh, the Game of Thrones reunion here. Oh, uh, that's why he was so familiar. Rob Stark, baby. Yep, um, yep, yep, yep. I was so thrown Icarus. off by Cersei and her name that uh, everything else just fell. So uh, Icarus is basically Superman. Um, yeah, he basically, basically. had. He has the Superman power set, 
And so he shows up, beats down the deviant. Uh, you sort of get implication that he and Cersei had a past relationship um, that is referred to a couple times. And then they, the three of them leave Dane, let him go back to whatever he was doing. And um, the three of them decide that, oh, yeah, we um, we have to go find Salma Hayek. She'll tell us what to do with this. Go to, I believe it was South Dakota. And yep. Yep. Uh, Salma Hayek. So they're like, uh, what do we do now? Because um, she was in charge. What do we do? Uh, <laughs> um, so then apparently whoever the, the prime eternal is, which is basically the leader, uh, has the ability to communicate with the celestial guy. And kind of take direction. So Cersei inherits that and is led to believe in that something is coming. So they're and they're at that point they're not entirely sure what it is. So they they make the decision to collect the rest of the group. Um I'm just gonna kind of try to blow through that rather than uh, wasting a lot of time on the particulars there. They go to uh, India, where Kingo, played by Kamil Nanjiani, is like hiding in the open. Yep, Bollywood star. Like, he's... what's that? That's the best part of the movie for me. For some reason. Oh, he was great. Even though he even was though great. as a tourism worker, I can tell you horror stories about Indian guests. But uh, yeah. whatever. I've I've always loved Kamil Nanjiani, even from what like his early years as a stand-up, like I've always thought he was hysterical and he is wonderful in this movie. Um, yep, yep. He, he, he didn't amazing. end up, he didn't end up being my favorite performance, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, the thing for me with him too, is like, if you, if you followed him at all, you know how much of a massive nerd he is. And yes. for him to be in one of these movies makes me feel like one of us has made it, you know? <laughs> And yeah, just, I think that's always the case when a nerd makes it. It's like, yeah, yeah, and it just makes he's representing happen. all us nerds. Yep, and he's our life. He's he's funny. I mean, the thing I found interesting about this. Well, we'll get into that. I still got to get through some plot. So they collect him. Um, they collect Fastos, played by Brian Tyree Henry, who, um, hit. Oh, Kingo's whole thing is he like fires energy bolts from his hands and shit. That's his whole power thing. Um, Sprite has the power of illusions. Uh, Cersei is able to change the composition of an transmutation. That's my biggest gripe with this movie. It's called transmutation. Yeah, but ah. they're probably trying not. They're probably trying not to use too many big words. Uh, it's not a big word. It's a small word. And it basically, I, I think what they wanted to do is avoid uh, mixing it with. Uh, you know, alchemy and magic and stuff that it's usually tied with. So yep. I think they tried to avoid that, but for me, just just called you know a duck okay. a duck. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry me. does have another Marvel connection. Does anybody know what that was? Honestly, I don't like the guy at all. His roles all suck, and he was very annoying. <laughs> okay, I actually liked him a lot. Actually. I actually liked him, but uh, I think he did something uh, in uh, Into the Spider Verse, right? Yes, he was Miles' father in the. Oh, yeah. right, 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 right. And I also yeah. think, and I, I, 
on a few Marvel things. I haven't gone anywhere near yet. I think he was on that Hulu Runaway show too, but I'm not 100 percent certain. Don't touch that shit. Don't touch yeah, the ten foot ball. Yeah, don't, don't, dude. It's not. <laughs> don't, dude, don't. don't. Like, be warned. Sucks. Don't. Just stay away. Yeah. Uh, okay. Trust me. So they also. It's, it's that bad. Like over. especially if you read the comics, the OG comics, not like whatever the hell they did. Like when they put him in. Uh, yeah, don't. The whole reboot comic I didn't like, but that TV show was awful. Okay. Um, they also collect um, Gilgamesh and played by Don Lee and Angelina Jolie. Um, they're basically like the two big fighters of the group. Um, Athena can like create weapons out of energy and stuff. Like well, she's, she's basically goddess of yeah, just... she's making swords out of energy and crap. Yeah. What was Gilgamesh's deal? Like he, well, he does the fist thing. Yeah, he can really punch. Yeah, that they do add in here, and we'll get into why this happens when we get this. Um, Athena has the equivalent of Eternals Alzheimer's, um, so like she'll like fade out at times and like have no clue where she is and sort of remember things that aren't happening and and Just so start like fighting everybody. Yeah, so she'll like attack people. She'll like attack people for no reason. Um and I actually thought Angelina Jolie was the best performance in this movie and I've never said that about anything she's ever been in. So And I would okay. actually go as far as to concur with you on that point. I yep. absolutely love this. Yep. So hats I off to was brilliant. She, yeah, she was great. Uh, I think our words I never said either about yep. who she was. And the, the those final, that I actually liked. And the final person they go after, unless there's somebody I'm missing, is uh, Druig, played by Barry Keoghan. Um, he has the ability to mind control people, and he's kind yep. of a dick. Um, oh, yeah, not kind of. He, he is uh, a dick. He sort of looks at their whole thing as like, why are we doing this this way? Why, you know, because they're under the belief that they've been sent by the Celestial to like improve humanity, right? So like, Fastos is like the engineer guy, and he will he will occasionally like come up with uh, technological things to give them, but you do it under the pretenses of like, okay, well they came up with this themselves, but you make them believe that. Where Druig is like, what are we even doing here? We could control yeah, these I could people. Yeah, just mind control them into everything. Yep, and make all their bullshit go away. And what what are we even doing here? So you find out, and this is the big twist. Okay, and we are missing one Eternal here, uh, the Makari. She's the speedster oh, of the group. Sorry. Yep, she's basically the Flash, played by yep. uh, Lauren Ridloff. Um, who yeah, was, your best and basically why everybody else is out there living uh, yeah. their lives she's in their ship reading oh right she was just like collecting shit in that spaceship right yeah she was reading books she was just collecting books and reading she was she was doing the which was so cool thing. man it's like, yeah. she was antiquing she was antiquing yep. <laughs> so she was she was your best performance Boris uh yeah yeah uh, she yeah she, her performance was the best I mean playing uh you know uh mute and deaf characters no, so to speak she wasn't playing deaf she is deaf she is deaf yeah well I don't know that 
yeah. Yeah. Because in the comments, well, then... Makari is not deaf and actually has a penis. So, so... Oh, okay, I'm cool with that. I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind when they change characters that much for certain reasons. But uh, no, I, I like I... her. Like, yeah. Yeah, there. I could have used more of her. Like she, she and Fastos were in it very little. Um, and yes, I could have yeah. used more. I, I could have used more of both of them. But I almost think that was an acknowledgement by Marvel too that yes, we know this movie has too many characters in it. Um, that's fine. Uh, so the big twist yeah, just is wait till Harry Styles shows up. I know. The big twist is, and you find this out through another one of those communications that Cersei has with the Celestial, is that this whole thing, they're, what they're doing is under, and they're unaware of it, is under false pretenses, right? So the Celestial created the Deviants in order to, um, to protect intelligent life on Earth. Yes, that much is, uh, that, that part of it at least is accurate. The reality of that is not that they're trying to uh, trying to like shepherd humanity. The idea is that they seed certain planets with like the idea, the ability to hatch baby celestials. And in order to do that, the the number of intelligent life forms has to get to a certain point so that the celestial, as it's being born, can eat them and live. Um, so yeah, eat their intelligence, eat uh, energy, so to speak, right? Well, yeah. So, the hey. idea that the idea that um, the events of Endgame happen and half of the population of Earth is restored in, in 30 seconds gets the Earth to the point where it's at the number where that, where the yeah, birth there's is enough, good. yeah, there's enough yep. intelligence. And energy to actually birth to the celestial. Right. So what you find out, and some of this is given out through a bunch of stuff, is that the Eternals are actually like sentient robots. Yeah. That the celestial yeah. create yep. in order to basically the deviants were the first ones the celestials sent out. Right. To, basically, they were there to kill all the predators and. Whatever of the planet where the planet the celestials, but yep. basically they evolved and they became predators themselves, and that was their flaw. It's something else. And then to, they created yeah. the Eternals to have no. They were basically like Ottomans, so it's like just come there, kill the deviants, and yep. wait for the birth of the celestial. Yep. So basically the the group then sort of divides over, you know, how are we going to handle this? Uh, several of them decide to um, try to stop the what they call the emergence, the birth of the celestial, because they want to protect the Earth's population. Um, so they come up with this plan to um, through a thing that Fastos designs, they're going to uh, combine all their power enough to do something to stop the celestial. They think of they initially think of the idea to have have Druig like uh, uh, put, it, put to it to sleep, sleep basically um, is what they initially think of. So then you get some division in this group from that, 
and this is where you, you find out what's really going on here. There's another level of what's really going on here in the sense of uh, like Kingo, for example, he's sort of the most conflicted one in that he doesn't want uh, everyone on earth to die. But at the same time, he doesn't want to like come to blows against his family to do it. So when they get to the, when they head for the last big battle, he's, he literally says that he's like, I love these people, but I'm not going to hurt you to, to, he just leaves. Um, and then you find out too, that the reason, uh, the Selma Hayek character is dead is because Icarus goes to her and, and, uh, Selma Hayek already knew all this, right? Because she was the the leader, so she was aware of this. And she, I got the sense, I don't, yeah, I got the sense that she disagreed with it. So she was going to try to stop it herself. And Icarus. So here's then, another thing you have to understand is this was the first rodeo. They've been doing this for God knows how long. Right. They don't know. really it. plays into Tina's Alzheimer's thing. That's the reason what you find out too is that they have they have multiple yeah. planets, but the way the yeah. celestial does it, it takes their memories of each one and the previous ones, but Angelina Jolie character does, and that's where the Alzheimer's she comes from. She starts remembering the other planets, yeah. Yeah. So basically so, to continue where you start, uh Ajax, she what prevented the birth of the celestial on Earth? Yep. And Icarus yeah. is strongly against it. Sets her up to die, just like drops her in, in front of a bunch of deviants and lets them kill her. Um, so he, uh, when they split up, he decides, well, I'm not going to let you, going to let you stop this because this is, or, and I don't, he doesn't say like, I don't care about all these humans or whatever, but you can just, he's kind of played the whole time as if he doesn't really care. You know, he's sort of disconnected from all of it anyway. Yeah, but I always um, agree. The whole movie, I had a feeling that he has a stick up his ass. Yeah. And I figured like he's probably behind Sama's death, which ended up yeah. being true. So, so. So they end up they end up fighting him, you know. The rest of the group ends up fighting him. Sprite actually sides with Icarus as well, partly because, because she's in love with him. She's in love with him, and she doesn't like the idea that she's perpetually a child and she just wants to grow up. Um, yep. So that's part of it too. Um, so there's a big fight between them, and the deviants show up and kind of throw a third in there um, at the. You know, they end up doing the whole the combined power thing, which they call the Unimind, which is something right out of the comic books. Um, and instead of putting it to sleep, and I don't think this is what they intended to do, but I just think the the sleep thing didn't work, or Druig was out of it somehow. Um, so basically, Icarus goes on a spree and he stops Druig, and so it's kind of Cersei to stop him, right? So and so basically, Cersei just. Turn, turns him, turns him into ice, turns yeah, him she, into stone. I don't she, even know. She turned him into a giant ice statue, basically. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, that that's basically the end of all the action and stuff. And then uh, you see at the very end, you see the celestial shows up in Earth orbit and pulls 
Kingo and Fastos and Cersei off the planet and says, okay, well, you know, you stood for humanity against us and I will spare them because you did that. But at some but I'm future gonna judge you for it. But at some but you're but you're gonna be judged for it and he pulls them off the planet. And Dane is yeah. Dane is there and he's kind of standing there watching her get pulled off of Earth. Um so that oh the the thing I left out too is that before that, uh Fina, Druig, and Makari go take yep. their spaceship and leave because they want to try to there are other groups of eternals out there. That they want to tell them what's going on. Yeah, they're assuming that no other group of Eternals actually knows what their real mission is, so they want to go correct that. So then, yeah, um, and uh, Gamesh is dead. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, Icarus kind of flew, flows himself, flies himself into the sun uh, at the end. Yep. Um, So we get to post-credit scene number one, which is. The uh, Makari and Thena and Druig on the spaceship. Uh, they uh, Makari says they've been out there for a couple weeks since the movie ended and they haven't found anything. And then uh, you see a portal thing, and this weird little troll guy pops out of it. And that is for anyone who doesn't know, that is Pip the Troll from the comic books. And that's um, Oswald, which I absolutely love. Pat Oswald, I could not figure that. I knew, yeah. I knew it was his I was voice. Like, who's I their voice. Figure. Who's their voice? I was like, man, that's Patton. Yep. I really Patton Oswald. Yep. I really thought that was Patton Oswald, but I wasn't sure. Thank you. You're um, welcome. And then uh, Eros shows up, who is uh, also known as Star Fox. He's been an Avenger in the past. He is another Eternal, and he is actually Thanos' brother. Um, yeah. And he is played by Harry Styles, of all people. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, speaking of Dunkirk earlier. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he said they basically have no idea what's happened on Earth. Like, they don't know that Cersei and Fastos. And... No, because they're in space somewhere. So. Yep. So I think Eros basically says, I'm going to help you. You know, your your friends are in some serious shit. And I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you save them. Um, yep. And then we cut to you go through the rest of the credits and we cut to uh, post credit scene number two, where. Uh, Dane Whitman is in, I assume he's in his house or somewhere. Uh, yeah. he, ha- yeah. has a, he has a big giant box. And yep. with a big giant up, sword. He opens up said box to see a giant black sword, uh, which any comic book fan would know is the Ebony Blade. And yep. he, um, it's kind of a fair family heirloom of his that, I get the sense he's been sitting on and he kind of, he knew about it because right before Cersei gets taken off of earth, uh, he says, you know, you're not the only one with some complicated bullshit. And he's about to tell her about all this when the celestial shows up. Yeah. So, so then so he, he doesn't really get to tell her. So then he grabs the sword cause he's kind of like freaking out about it. Cause if you, and we'll get into that cause you know, if you know the comics, you know why, um, and then, did you guys know who that voice was? I think that's uh, Samuel L. Jackson. No, 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 no. no? Uh, so he grabs the sword, and you hear, are you sure you're ready for that, Mr. Whitman? That was Blade. Yeah, that, I was about to say that, that was the Blade well, talking. <laughs> you, mean, uh, you mean the, uh, what's his face? Uh, 
Yeah, that was Mahershala Ali. Oh, Mahershala Ali. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Ah, sound like so, Samuel L. Jackson to me wanting to yep. recruit him. No, I, I or something. That I really listened to it, and it was, and it was Mahershala Ali. Yeah, because there I, was a clue in the movie earlier about the uh, Ebony Blade when uh, when uh, Angelina Jolie oh, pulled out a sword and yeah. uh, Cersei or someone yeah. asks, "Is there an ship. Ebony Blade?" and she says, "No, it's Excalibur." No, it's Excalibur. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Exactly. So I uh, I have to call bullshit on Kevin Feige right now. By the way, um, he he apparently made a statement recently that said uh, it's entirely possible we won't do the MCU Black Knight with Dane Whitman. And I was just after seeing this movie, I was like, that's bullshit because there's no way you ha- you do all that. He's barely not, in the- yeah, not- exactly. He's barely in this fucking movie. And there's no way you do all of that without the intention to be to do something with that character. I mean, you just don't. <laughs> um, my suspicion is that he will not. I think they're going to start setting up some other like non-Avengers teams. And there is a in the comics. Uh, and Milos, I don't know how much you've read. Are you familiar with MI-13? Yeah, somewhat. Okay, so MI thirteen is a British. They're the British version of. I mean, British version of Avengers. They're the British team, right? Right, and it's like, they're like they military they, intelligence. Sort they of largely they largely deal with shit. And yeah, Captain Britain and Dane and Blade have all been members of that. So yeah, my first thought was when when you hear Mahershala Ali, my first thought was, "Oh fuck, am I 13? Yay!" <laughs> um, and you know that that would probably be a fairly deep cut for even comic people. Uh, I'm sure most people. I would bet Boris that most people probably thought that was Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, yeah, probably. Listen, man. Uh, for a while, while uh, we were in the movie, I thought uh, that Kit Harrington was playing Captain Britain or someone. And yeah. uh, only no, I was, when I, I saw he was going to be Black Knight, so it was just like yeah. yeah but yeah. I assumed it would be Captain Britain for some reason, even though he doesn't strike me as Captain Britain. Uh, I but think uh, rights are in a weird place because I don't know. I know at one point they were going to somebody was going to do a solo Captain Britain movie. I'm not sure who has the rights to that. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, um, uh, but uh, still, uh, it strikes me as odd uh, as Black Knight is okay. It doesn't matter that he's not a popular character uh, or very known, but it strikes me as an odd character to do a movie with. Well, you know, you know why? You know why I think they put him in here because. There was a long period in the in the '90s Avengers comics where he was dating Cersei. Okay. And it had nothing to do with other Eternal shit because you know they didn't really, other than her, they didn't really put a lot of Eternal stuff in that book. But I feel like they were probably like, "Oh, we want to introduce this character for other things, but how do we get him in here? How do we? Where do we put him in?" Yeah, I think this was a good way to introduce Black Knight. Yeah. And because Blade shows up at the end. That kind of leads me to believe that we might see Dane in the Blade at some point, whether it's oh, yeah. another, probably most likely another post-credit scene. I almost wonder if um, the Blade movie is going to set up MI13. Possible. I think but it this could. Is, 
Yeah, but this is what I was gonna ask you, dude. Um, John, um, Black Knight, and because we know he the 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 history of the character, is the title of Black Knight is passed down from you know father to son or goes down the family. So, do you think that what we saw in uh, with the Eternals that we might see a flashback scene or something? Because apparently they knew uh king arthur so it's also possible the new previous black knights oh yeah i think they're gonna you know wherever he shows up again once they're once they make him a bigger part of whatever the next thing he's in is i think you're gonna get some sort of flashback to like arthurian times where like the, they'll they'll give you the whole explanation of the sword they're gonna like... explain because they have to explain the ebony blade and the way that it works because Merlin forged, forged it, if I remember correctly. Yep. And it from has like a, a from star or something. Has from a curse on it. Something. Yep. Has a curse yep. on it, drives people to kill and insanity and stuff. And the whole idea... Yeah, but it prevents death and, like, and it reflects uh, the mystical spells or whatever. Yep. Or any magic, I think. And early on, early on, the whole thing with Dane was that he was... He was pure of heart enough to deal with it and not be affected by the curse. So he used that to yeah, be a superhero. Yeah, but the thing is, like, yeah. Yep. And they've modified but, like, that. I think they like, modified that in years. Because it wasn't about, like, because, like, only an impure uh, wielder. Like, he can only be revealed by somebody who isn't pure, I think. Right. Yeah, they did that recently. Or they did a Black Knight solo series recently where they kind of redefine how that works. Like you have to be, yeah, the, the sword actually wants somebody who is easily corruptible. So yeah. and he's not as. So I don't know whether they're sticking with the old one or the new one, because like, yeah. the way you see Dane, it's, you would think that he's pure of heart. Yep. And so the second, the second they saw. No, go ahead. The second they used his name, I was like, holy shit, are they actually going to do the Black Knight shit in here? Um, you know, because I kind yeah, of avoid I kind of avoid who these people are. It's literally put out in front of you. Um, yeah. So, no, but, yeah, so... Because it strikes me as odd also. Like, I love fantasy. Milos loves fantasy. I don't know about you, but... Uh, you know, last like the mo the thing that uh, Kit Harrington is known most for is you know, it's Game of Thrones and that Nicolas Cage fantasy movie, which wasn't that bad as most people say it was. Uh, but uh, you know, it strikes me as odd that they would maybe do another fantasy movie. So I'm thinking they might do a Dracula thing. Yeah, I mean, it's also possible that um, I mean, Black Knight in the comics has a pretty heavy science component because he is supposed to be, I mean, in the comics, the whole thing was that he was a scientist, but he also had this, this family history of magic. So he was kind of like trying to find the middle road. And you see gotcha. it like in his, when he talks to Cersei and he's like, Oh, are you a magician? Like something like Dr. Strange, you can see like, he's not foreign to it. Even yeah. though you live world where you know it's a commonplace, like yep. he's not afraid of it or scared of it. So he's hey, like he's very aware of what you guys, Ebony Blade does. Keep talking for a minute. I really have to pee. <laughs> I'll be right back. Oh yeah, go for it. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, yeah. just cover for a minute. Rash brothers, we'll take you from here. 
Yeah, that's uh, the other thing I was gonna say. Um, talk about. Oh man, escape me! Oh. So when you go back to like Dane Whitman being here, like he's the Black Knight. The way they, like I said, I was waiting oh, for the end credit scene, knew, knowing that they have to explain him being because I knew like they're not gonna go. They can introduce him. But they're not going to give him much space just because this is a t- an Eternals movie. And then uh, after the movie, you're gonna, you see the whole, like, Eternals will return, which Marvel seems to be doing in all their stuff now. Yeah. So you know that Kid Harrington's so Dane Whitman is probably going to show up possibly in a Blade uh, post credit scene. But you also know that he's not going to stop going after Cersei. So wherever Eternals show up again, we might probably going to see him as well. Possible. Possible. I was going to talk about the Thor thing because they mentioned Thor too. So okay, talk fun. About it, yeah, it would be, yeah, it would be fun to see them do something with Thor. Because he's a guardian. Well, it really of the does depend now. on what they do with the guardians, guardians of the galaxy. So, which could and... actually, which could actually do, have something to do with Black Knight, since you know Cersei's in space. So they have to. But go here's the thing: we don't really know where uh, the Celestial took him, so we don't really know what happened. No, and another thing I did want to bring up is the fact that now you have like a hand and a head, half a head. Of a celestial uh, summer Indian ocean, which is gonna play like you can't just disregard that. That's gonna play a part in probably every Marvel movie that comes from now on. It's like yeah, something's thought... gonna happen. Like you cannot like oh yeah, just some half a head and some fingers sticking out. It's all cool. Yep. Like you can't be and like think... that's gonna play a part in everything that's happening. That made me think of to go to the comics for a little bit. The current, uh, the current Avengers series, their headquarters, mm-hmm. their headquarters is in a celestial corpse that's buried in, in a mountain. Uh huh. So that kind of okay, made me, yeah. So that kind of made me wonder, like, if they if they form another Avengers team, are they going to be based out of that thing? <laughs> well, nowhere is still being mined. Yep. That's true. Which, well, the thing is, like, we still don't know what's going to happen, like, because there's no next Avengers movie uh, no. announced as of yet. So, like, it's going to take a while. So, like, right now, I think they're taking the... They're exploring. They're yep. giving their movies, like, creative freedom, sort of. Yep. And they're building it back up. So it's like, just yep. think of it. Basically, everything that's happened after Endgame, it's almost like you're going back to the first uh, Well, Basically, you're going back to Invincible Thor and first Iron Man. This is kind of where you are in the story. Like, they're building to something bigger. Yeah, they're building the second generation of characters yeah. and whatever the next big threat's going to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I, yeah, I was going to ask you also. Sorry, this is also in regards to comic books and the testing and exploring of the. Hey, comic. I'm your 
I'm your guy. Go uh, for it. <laughs> the I can't remember his name. The guy who fights uh, the um, the Fantastic Four that they did the movie with, and it was really Doom? bad. No, Doctor not Doom. Doom. No, no, no. The, the celestial guy who eats planets. Uh, the silver. Oh, Star Galactus. Guy. Yeah. yeah, Galactus. Do yeah. you think? Do you think Galactus could be made into a form of a celestial? Because they talk about celestials in very general terms. And, you know, we've already seen the head of nowhere mm-hmm. in the Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff. And, you know, they talked about Thor and they did. And, you know, Fantastic Four is coming back to MCU and whatnot. And they're trying to bring it in. Do you think the connection with the celestials and maybe we get, you know, Dr. Richards exploring these celestial on Earth, and yeah. you know, maybe I, they go looking for something, and then all of a sudden, Silver Surfer shows up or something. I do think that if they ever do do Galactus at some point, he will be. A I celestial. think they're gonna have to do Galactus at some point. Yeah, I think if they I do, think that's do, inevitable. He will end up being a celestial if they ever do that. Yeah, definitely, because that's the only like reasonable way you can put them yeah. on screen. Now, here's here's some of the ways in which, and we'll, to get back to the the movie in general, here's some of the ways in which I do think this movie deviates from the formula that they've always done. Um, okay, but somehow manages to work for me anyway. Um, there is no, I would at least make the argument there is no central villain here. Ah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. I yep. would agree. Like there is no, just to list off some of the other villains that we've seen. There is no Red Skull. There is no Ronan. There, you know, nothing like that. Where like, you know, they show the Eternals doing stuff, and then they would cut to some villain planning. Yeah, but stuff. they even talked about that in the movie. Like, are we on the good side? Are we on the bad side? You know, we're trying to save. Yeah, life but here's the thing: life. the the fact that you kind of are missing. A central villain, if you want to put it like that, goes to the storytelling. Yeah, because this was, was a movie that was meant to tell a story of yes, Eternals and explain their being there. Yeah, and you kind of had to have like some sort of a big villain, but even the big villain in the end, like if you want to do it, it's like, well, Celestial isn't really a villain, but he had to show up at the end, take him away. Because like this movie is really a bridge. He just connects some something. Yep. And Boris, the story kind of had to be told. Otherwise, you were gonna have like a big plot hole later on, where people would be like, "Well, what exactly happened here? Yep. And how did this guy show up? And them being here, what exactly does that mean?" Yeah. But by making Eternals, you basically put a stopgap to it. It's like, okay. So this is just like part of the story, and I like you need to see what happens next with the the future movies that build on this, yep. and borrow from this and take from this, and whatever they decide to do with the Eternals, with the next Eternals. Yep, I Boris, I do think you brought up an interesting point that there are really there is that question about like what side of the spectrum are we on, and certain members of the group make certain arguments that. Even I think like your average audience is going to go like, yeah, but are you? Because Kingo makes that argument at one point once they figure out what's really going on. He's like, well, yeah, we're we're good guys because 
we're going to help the Celestials fix the universe or like make the universe better. And like, that's still got the undertone of like, yeah, we're going to allow everyone on earth to die a fiery death, but that's what good guys do, you know? And then I also kind of yeah, like had the, the whole, like uh, the sacrificing one planet for like billions. Yeah. And stuff. And I, and I even, and they, kinda, they also build on it. And I even kind of like the fact that, um, Icarus is not evil. Like when he do, when he does what he does at the end, he's not evil. He just believes so much in what they're doing that even and when he knows he makes that statement throughout the movie. It's like I believe, yeah. like I have faith. That is why how he justifies uh, letting Ajax die. Yeah, it's basically like I believe in what our mission is. Like I have to. That's the only way I can justify. Right. You know, like I have to believe that Arisham is, you know. Cause I expected once you started to get the undertone that he was not he was not entirely what you were supposed to believe he was, that you were gonna find out that like once he broke it off with Cersei, he started to hate humanity and that was why he did it. But he never does that. It's more just like I believe in what we're here to do. And I'm gonna do whatever yeah. I have to do to. And the reason whatever. why he broke up with Cersei because, like, because he knew the truth, he couldn't lie to her. Yep. Now here's another question. That's how they explain them breaking up. And this is what my my mother-in-law actually asked me this question at, at as it was over. Um, as you said earlier, he he after all the major events are over, he flies into Earth's sun, assumingly to die. Do they yeah. bring him? If they do a sequel, does he come back? Well, here's Superman. the thing: I don't know if he died. Yeah, and they did bring up the point that uh, the whole, you know, flying t- too close to the sun was because of him. He was the whole origin of that story. Yeah, and somewhat like doing that at the end maybe was like a fitting way to end his story because, yep. like, he still did side with Cersei and the others. When they formed the Omni Mind or whatever it's called, he was part of that. He did uh, help them kill the celestial that was being born uh, from the Earth. And then, like, because of the whole, that whole scene is like, when you re- like pay close attention to it when you go and see it on Wednesday. I'm thinking second time you watch it, you're gonna watch it in a different light. Oh, absolutely. And that, you're gonna and that was like really, that. yeah. And that was like a really big part. Like I was watching that, and I was like, "This was really good." But they never really tell you like, would flying into the sun actually kill him? Right. Explain that part. So that's the part I, that you don't I, really know. I saw an eventuality where, like, say he does come back, but he gets he gets a new body built, and he doesn't remember any of the stuff from the previous. Uh, movie. You know what? They they did mention that there are synthetic life forms, so I'm assuming he dies. Right, but I'm wondering. Well, if, you like, never he... know. With Marvel, has been known to kill people off true, and then bring true, them back. True, but I think so. You don't mo- really like. You can never say, "Well, you know, that. it's going to go this way or yeah. that way." I just yeah, think but it in would the movies, be people generally say that in the MCU. I just think it would be interesting, like say in the second one, they have to. They make the decision to recreate him somehow, but then he doesn't remember any of the stuff that he did in the previous film, but they all do. 
and then I think it would just be way too much logistically and story-wise to do. I mean, not that they yeah. didn't go out of their way before to explain and do certain things, but I think it would just be way too much. Yeah, that, and they're probably going to introduce some new characters in any sequel too. So I mean, there's a lot of Eternals they haven't even used. I'm sure Star Fox has a lot of friends. Yep. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, I also like the fact that. You know, one of the regular complaints. If I, I can hear... just stop you for a second. Sure. While we're still back, while we're still debating the, are they evil? Are they good? I want to bring out the role Fastos played into building the atomic bomb that actually blew up ah, okay. Hiroshima. Yeah. Which now, was really what... like that was the point in which like he withdrew himself from. Uh, well, basically everybody, because now, he what... kind of blamed himself. He was like, "I helped them achieve this. Like, if I didn't push for them to like create better and bigger things, like this would never have happened." Right now, the question and that I was have... his like little moment that he has. So he's like, yep. "Am I good? That, Am I evil?" Mean, that was a great scene. My question with that, and I was going to ask you guys this. I didn't read that as he actually directly helped them create the bomb. I read that. Oh no, 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 no. I read that as like, he helped them develop their uh, intelligence enough to like, where building the atom bomb was actually possible. His whole argument kind of read to me. Like if I hadn't done all of this, they'd still be farmers and they wouldn't be killing each other in this way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, for as little as as little as the character of Fastos in this movie, that was a great scene. And I was just yeah. like, stuff like that is where, you know, stuff a lot of the things this movie gets at are like things that I just never I I never thought one of these movies would even approach these kind of thematic things even. Like this whole Which movie goes just, back uh, to the fact that they didn't the fact that they didn't have a villain actually allowed them to focus on the story itself. Yeah. Yep. And Which the other just thing ended I, up making the better the movie that that much better. Yep. The other thing I really liked and um that I was kind of surprised by is that a lot of the the complaints one of the major complaints I hear with a lot of the recent ones, particularly post uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, is that they try too hard for the joke, right? Like they're they're constantly straining for the joke. I felt yeah. like I felt like every every funny line in this movie was earned because it was all based on. Every single joke was based on these long-standing relationships that these people have had, and every single joke came out of that. And to me, it was yeah. like, and you know, granted, for as long as these people are supposed to have lived, you can't show all of that. But to me, like every some of the jokes they got really they, close. They know each yep. other pretty. And like some of the jokes in some of the other movies, I enjoy them, but it's like sometimes on repeat viewing, you can be like, oh, that's a stretch to get to that. But like, I felt like every joke in this was like, oh, that makes sense that they would say that because they've been dealing with this people, this person for 5,000 years and, and they know all their bullshit. I mean, <laughs> exactly. And I just really enjoyed and they did that. Bring a into all of it, you know? Yeah. He was and sort I, of like a comic relief character. <laughs> And I gotta say, Karun. 
give me the uh, give me the Kamel Nanjiani Chris Hemsworth team up movie right now. Well, Milos and I have been, you know, advocating for Chris uh, Evans and uh, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, and Captain America World War II movie for yep. years. So we're okay. hoping to still see that, you know. I would, I would love the Kingo Thor team up movie just based on that one line. Ah, uh, it sure, would, man. it would be good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. No, well, I, I was... told while you were, you know, while you were doing your business, I told Milos, I was like, they mentioned Thor. So it's like uh, you know uh, anything is possible. We might see Guardians of the Galaxy or something for sure. I wonder if, and obviously you know we don't know whether there's going to be a sequel to this or not. Um, well, they did say Eternals will return. Oh, they so, did. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I, I well, wonder... that's like common for like every. I did. We did mention it while you were like doing your business. Was they put that like in every movie? And TV shows, like you see when Loki, was like, Loki will return. Shang-Chi will return. Yep. So they did the same thing with Eternals. So I it's like, if, are you going to see the the abducted Eternals in Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Well, here's my, here's my thing. Uh, I don't know what... I don't think so. Maybe at some point it gets... Depending, because I think Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be telling their story separately to whatever is happening. And yeah. they're not going to know about Eternals. Their knowledge of the Eternals is going to be different than what we saw. Uh, they may know some other Eternals. Yeah. So not the same true. group that was on Earth. And I think if we do see if we do see Eternals Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, I think it's gonna be something in the post credit scenes. Yeah. Okay. Or it's gonna be something's gonna be hinted if maybe another group of Eternals shows up. Yeah. And maybe we don't see the kidnap because maybe we see the group that is with Tina. Yeah. And Harry Styles. To me, you can't. And you know, maybe if this doesn't do well enough. For Marvel, they won't. Hey John, yeah, shouldn't they be dealing with Adam Warlock's birth? Yeah, Warlock is in three, so yeah. they just they announced that they cast Will Poulter to play him. So yeah, Warlock is in three when they get to yeah, that. But, well, yeah, they did keep that in, at the end of, of two. Like you knew, you know, it was that was the direction the movie was heading. Yeah, you're but I, I think they'll... pulled up the box office. Yeah. I'm I don't hear... know how accurate this is. I'm hearing pull in like go. I'm hearing 70 million US. Which is not great. But I Well, what I'm seeing on the box office Mojo is currently That's probably uh... This isn't this isn't updated though. There's yeah. no way they pulled in 70 million. So far, like it's 70 million worldwide, which yeah. I don't think it's real. But here's the thing: with the way Marvel is set up, they everything post pandemic. Yep. Uh, movie going goes. Uh, they don't need this to be a billion dollar movie in order to. No, I think seven million would probably hmm? be enough. You know. But the other thing too is they could decide not to do another Eternals movie, but just have these characters show up elsewhere. Elsewhere, yep. You know? For sure. Um, well, that is that is quite 
I'm thinking that might be the direction they're going. Yeah, but at some point uh, they're gonna have to do a big Eternals movie at some point. Like it's gonna have to happen. There's gonna have to be Eternals too, even if they keep showing up, uh, keep bringing in people like in other Marvel movies. And I mean, Cersei has ties to the Avengers uh, from the comic books, as does Dane. Um, I would. I'd love to see Camille Nanjiani on an, in an Avengers movie. That would make That'll my year. Cool. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's great. I love that guy. But uh, yep. Uh, what else was I gonna ask you? Oh, they keep coming and going. My thoughts. Um, oh, that's okay. It'll come to me. Yeah, it happens all the time. Um, I was also. And, you know, I sort of fell into the, you know, I pay way more attention to, like, casting for these movies and, like, stuff that they that they let out in terms of that. And I remember back when this was in production or the early casting started to come out, and it was pretty much put across that Druig, Druig was the villain. And then, so I kind of went into the whole movie. No, he's movie. just an asshole. Yep, I kind of went into the movie expecting him to, turn, you know, him to be the villain, and it was just, and... Uh, once they get to the whole Unimine point and that never happens, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool they didn't do that. Okay. And I mean, I I could have done with a little more of that character, but I think the problem you have with him and he'll be more, in, it'll be more interesting in future sequels what they do with him. But I feel like they kept him to a minimum because they wanted the twist to come out at a certain point. <coughs> and if he if he shows up earlier and he was, he had the role of kind of like calling the lie on everything they were doing anyway. So if he, if he comes in earlier and starts doing that, you're going to get to that twist sooner than they wanted you to. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, for sure, man. It's possible. Like you don't, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, uh, like we told you before, we don't really follow all the previews and stuff. And we didn't read yeah. a lot of the comic books. So a lot of the stuff is, you know, mystery to us. So. There are a ton. There well, are. Here's the thing. Like, that gives us a different perspective. Uh, but it also, like, distances us from, like, the whole, well, they didn't hold, they didn't stick with the comic book story. They just did it differently. They changed its stuff. Which is really like when you look at any adaptation, me as a book reader, yep. it's like whenever they do a book adaptation, I'm like, yeah, I'm just treating this as separate property of the book. Because like while they're going to try to hold on to whatever the book does, like they're still going to have so many gaps. They're going to have to skip stuff. They're going to have to add in order to make it better for the movies. Yep. So it's, like, actually, it's part I, of the bargain, I guess, we made. Like if we're going to read books... And comics books, we're finally gonna get all to see all that stuff on screen. It's like they, you know, it's not gonna be perfect the way we imagined. No, but I actually think this movie works to its benefit that there aren't just aren't a lot of Eternals comics out there. I mean, so there's not yeah, a lot. Yeah, probably. Of, there's not. I a think lot the of same, stuff where... like the vibe with Marvel is different now, mm-hmm. but with Eternals, you had the same question when the Guardians of the Galaxy were made in the movies, like. Who are these guys? Right. Like, why is Marvel like? There's like this multitude of like comics books to choose from. And they go with Guardians of the Galaxy and they give it to James Gunn. Like, the hell is he gonna do? 
Yeah. And then it comes out and it's like really brilliant and like one of the best Marvel movies. At least I had in no, my opinion. I had no clue who he was when that movie came out. I was like, who well, is I did that? see some of his earlier stuff, but it's still like you know, but it's like yeah. he like you know, and the same thing was with, with Eternals, but like our perceptions of Marvel changed to the point where it's like yeah and okay, i think i don't know what they're doing but it's marvel and they're gonna do something special you know it's gonna be good yep and at least for me as a as a pretty heavy marvel reader for the last you know 30 35 years um i i found myself because there are not a lot of there's not a lot of eternal source material and i haven't read what little there is that I found myself way more, way more willing to just kind of like, oh, okay, so this I'm just gonna take this movie for whatever it is. Like I can freely admit that, you know, in a couple of months when we do the review for this one, I'm probably gonna be way tougher on the Spider-Man movie than I am on this because I love the Spider-Man comics and I have tons of knowledge about that stuff. So there's way more like there's way more chance I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, they did this wrong. Ugh. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, that's... Yeah. As much as I try to be fair and not do that with these, it's like... And I think Justin has said something to that effect, too. Like, if you... Like, if you have no... If you have no expectation based on the prior material of what these things are going to be, you're going to be much happier. Um... Oh yeah, so. which is true for us. Like I'm, I'm thrilled by this because I can, and it's gonna be same for Spider-Man when we do this, when we do the Spider-Man review when it comes out. It's like I have no, the little Spider-Man comics that I did read. It's nothing that like you can even remotely compare to whatever they're gonna yeah. do. Well, the, with the movie, that... so it's like I can't compare it. There's no comparison for me. So I'm, I can just enjoy the movie. The thing that I'm gonna try to take out of it. And, you know, I think we're kind of getting into some pre-Spider-Man talk now, given that that's a yeah. month away at this point. Uh, the thing I'm going to well, try to take the next Marvel movie coming out. So. Is that they're, they're taking, they're doing a version of probably the most hated Spider-Man story ever as the background for this film. Uh, they're going to take that, it looks like, in a completely different direction than the comics did. But uh, for for you guys that probably aren't familiar, they did a story a while back called uh, One More Day, which is, as I said, the most reviled Spider-Man story. Oh, so that's a newer ever. story. Uh, yeah, it's pro- it was post – it was after Civil War because in, in Civil War in the comics, right, and they don't do this in the movie – Right. Nope. Nope. Well, in, it's a different. It's a two different stories, actually. Right. Yeah. In Civil War in the comics, uh, there was a whole thing about they wanted, you know, the the government program that would eventually turn into the Sokovia Accords in the movies. Yep. They wanted the superheroes who had secret identities to unmask themselves to the public. Yep. So, Spider-Man is working for Tony Stark at the time. Yes. And he does this. Right, yep. he outs yeah, himself. Yeah, he unmasks himself. I'm he outs, somewhat outs, familiar with it. He outs himself in public. As a result, all of his villains go after Aunt May. She gets shot, 
and she's about to die. And Spider-Man makes a deal with the devil to put his identity back in the box. So Hmm. uh, he makes a deal with Mephisto to put his identity back in the box. And uh, Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange, and basically through that, Doctor Strange does essentially what you're seeing in this movie. Like if you, oh, but oh, okay. I don't know how much I want to get into this because you guys don't trailer. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't matter. Go, go, just go with it, man. Okay. Yeah. So, just so the the premise of the, the premise of this movie is that because after Far From Home, his identity is out there because of Mysterio. He goes to Strange and says, "Can we can we make it so that never happens?" And. Oh, okay. And so Strange agrees to help him do that. And this is just based on the like minute and a half that they've shown in the trailers or whatever. Strange agrees to help him do that. Peter somehow fucks it up and it causes like the multiverse cracks. Okay. So none of that is in the comic, but they're taking, you know, one more day. The whole idea that he would make a deal with the devil is like the most hated thing in all of Spider-Man comics to this day. Hmm. So like the idea, the idea that they would take something like that and try to do their own spin on it is interesting to me. Um, So, yep. So I'm really looking forward to that one. I think um, we were all, sounds like we were all very impressed with Eternals. Um, I would like to get one. Um. I feel like you can't. It's not that you can't not do another one after the way this one ending ended, but <clears throat> I think it would be sort of disappointing to end it the way they did and not not do another one down the road. Um, well, yeah, like we discussed, because the way that they split up in the end, in basically two different directions. Uh, you're just going to have to figure out a way. Like, I think they're going to follow whatever happens with the both groups separate. And yep. then then uh, Whitman has to play a big part because, like, he's basically in love with Cersei. And she's yep. in love with him. And there's no way that he's not going after her. Yeah. So I, I, I you always... find pieces of it throughout post-credit scenes and in different Marvel movies. But at one point, there's going to have to be a next, next Eternal. They're going to have yep. to figure out a way how to get to there. Even though the way Marvel functions, they probably already know exactly what's going to happen. Oh, if you it's believe... Have what, to wait for like six years. If you believe that what they were saying a couple of years ago, um, a couple of years ago, they said they had everything mapped out until 2028. <clears throat> yeah. And I would assume it's even further than that now because that was a couple of years I ago. I think at this point, yeah, it's definitely further. I think there was like their almost like 2008 plan was like we mapped out next 20 years and we're sticking yep. to it. And now it's like at this point, it's 2021. If your yep. plan was to go as far as 2028, that's seven years away. That's going to fly by real fast. Yep. Like now you, you have did- to know what happens. In the next ten mention, years after that, you did mention the Fantastic Four a while back. We were talking about yes. something they came up somewhere. I have a theory that you will see them in uh, 
quantum mania. Ah, it's possible. Yeah, I would love that. Uh, but uh, I would love that because I love Ant Man, and I don't know if I would. I don't think we talked about this a lot. But I love Ant Man, man. I saw the first yeah, movie. That's like, his favorite. Uh, cinema, and I can't movie. wait for the next one. I can't wait. I would. I would like to. Um, and I haven't really talked to the other guys about whether we want to do this or not. But I would like to, as more of the the sequels and third movies come out for a lot of these older series, like we should go back and do the the older ones too. I'm all like, for it. With, oh, yeah. with, uh, all up for like I would I I think sometime between maybe and maybe we do it after Far From uh, uh No Way Home comes out, but maybe we go back and do uh the first two um after that. You know, and then like with with uh the strange sequel coming out, maybe we go back and do the first strange at some point in like in like May. Or whenever that's supposed to hit. Yeah, we're all up for that. Like, I know they moved a bunch of their, do it. moved a bunch of their dates back too. Like um, everything in 2022 or and 2023 got bumped back like three months. So, but yeah, yeah, I was I was very impressed with this movie. As I said, my expectations were very low. Um, I don't know. I went and I read some of the reviews after seeing it and I, I'm just starting to think that most reviewers who aren't already nerds like are just burned out on these movies and no longer give a shit because it's like I read a lot of these reviews and I'm just like what what are you watching because uh, most, yeah most people that write about this stuff are idiots like I, 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 I follow Collider on Facebook and most of the stuff that they write about is just idiotic. It's like, why are Eternals Eternals? Is like that, that's the name of one of their articles. Like, I'm yeah. it's not, but I, it's kind of like that, okay? And yeah, I'm like, why do you know? But the articles are, are like total, bullshit. like, it's yeah. just like you. Yeah, I'm looking at it, I'm like, why? It's like, like, just reading the headlines of the articles, we six, like, there's no real news here, it's just like. Yeah, we're gonna plaster that online. I also liked, um, and I wish more of the. And I'm wondering if this is kind of how they're gonna deal with the, the interconnected nature of these movies going forward. Unless it's something blatant like the Spider-Man movie, where Strange is gonna show up, where they've talked about the possibility of Daredevil showing up, those kind of things. Oh man, I I hope that happens. I did like. Well, here's the thing. I was. I was always, well, I don't think fascinated is the right word for it, but Boris did mention that for me, like the idea of putting uh, Hugh Jackman and Chris Evans as Wolverine and Captain America uh, and doing a second World War movie. Oh, that would be fucking would be, great. Would be amazing. I would that's love like, that. if I can make one Marvel movie, that's the movie I make. But yeah. The way, like, um, Marvel is head out. It's like, this is what I really want to see. I yeah. want the crossovers and I want the characters crisscrossing. It's like, why would you have one character in only his movies when you can bring him in the other stuff? And it's like the way they made the Avengers was everything was always building up to the Avengers. But when they started adding new characters, 
Like you don't always have to build up to this big event. Like yes, they can be like your end game, like three phases from now. But like you can always have Thor in Guardians of the Galaxy. You can always have Eternals and whatever. Like you can crisscross these characters however you want to. Yeah, like, yes, even... you can stick, you can stick to the comic books, but you you're already changing. So many like current comic books are being changed based on what Marvel does in the movies. Like, they're so really... You can literally do anything. They're really tailoring a lot of the comic books to read like these movies almost. Yep. Yep. You know? Yeah, yep. but they're, they're doing I that for the that, movie. Like, audience. But there's so many things you can do. Yep. Like, the sky's the limit is really the sky's the limit. Like have this guy showed up in this guy's movies, like cross him, make him more interesting. Because I think if you bring more characters into each movie that you make, you can make more interesting movie because like yeah. movies already have a two and a half hour runtime. Like you're gonna have to fill them space somehow. Yep. I did like in this movie, and as I said, I think Shang Chi kind of did this similarly. Um and I'm wondering if this is gonna be the template for how they're gonna how they're gonna uh seed the MCU stuff into the movies that introduce new characters this way. It all the references to the other things were very background like they weren't like at no point did i feel like the movie stopped so they could make these references which sometimes happens in these but like yeah the way the way that the way that this one does it it's all like stuff going on in the background as they're doing other things like they were in they were in somebody's house or something and there was a news report about the blip or whatever and the blip gets mentioned in a news report and it's like that's how you that's how you do it you don't need to stop the movie for five fucking minutes to lay out all this shit and like exactly. i was i was worried that my mother-in-law's head was going to explode because like i saw the there's a bit in the trailer about you know that that scene where salma hayek was explaining the whole like the blip and then everybody coming back and I was like, oh shit, that's gonna be a ten minute speech and her head's gonna be rotating. Yep. You know yep. my mother in law's head's gonna be rotating in her theater seat. I'm gonna have to explain that for a half an hour after we get in the car. And and I thought it was done in such a way that it it piqued her interest to go back and see what that stuff was. But she was never like, I don't understand that. What are they talking about? Yeah, because, you know, you mentioned the thing with the comics where they make comics now as if they were movies and stuff. They're doing that for the movie audiences so they can the movie audiences can go and buy the comic books. But I don't right. think a lot of them will. Like No, but here, here's, the, here's the dirty little secret, though. They want to write the comics as if that happens, but it doesn't. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, and, like, yeah. and like they've done things in the comics that were really interesting, and then they cut them short because movies are coming out, and they feel like they yep, have to and they changed it. Yeah, and they feel like they have to go back to whatever the basic status quo was before the movie comes out because then the movie will get people to buy the comics more. It will but, not. It will but not. It does. And here are my two favorite examples of that. There was a period in the comics where Bucky was Captain America. Because after yeah. Civil War, after Civil War, Steve Rogers dies. Yep. yep. In the comics, yep. so Bucky takes over as Captain America. They cut that short right before First Avenger was going to come out, and then he re- he reassumes the identity, and 
they put out more comics with Steve, which were all great, but I don't think they got a readership bump out of that. The other example was they did a thing in Spider-Man where uh, Dr. Octopus took over Peter's body. And uh, became, I love that series. I, yeah. And became Spider-Man for like two years. And they cut that short before Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out. Yep, and yep. Re- reversed all that. And it did nothing for the, the readership numbers. So yeah, like, I love that series, man. That's one of yeah, my that, favorite series. That was what? excellent. And it was and it was too short. Like it was just starting to get really it, good. Yep. It, it was just starting to get interesting, and they cut it off. Um, but yeah, I think they do have they do have this delusion that these movies affect the comic book readership, and they really don't. Nope, not one bit. I think, um, and I for think me, you no, know, because the only thing that you're doing, like most of the moviegoers, they're not gonna go. Maybe they go and buy comic books, but it's really gonna be short-lived thing. And what you're really doing is like you're looking at long-term comic readers who were reading this great storyline, and all of a sudden you ended it because of something that happened in the movies, and you, you know, right. Well, and here, here's the other problem that I think they have with that industry as a whole right now and why a big part of why you don't get that. And like, I don't know how, how you guys come across those things there, but uh, when I was a kid, you know, your average Marvel comic was like a dollar, right? Yeah. Now, you know, and I, I read, you know, I read probably 60 books a month or something to that effect. Um, mm-hmm. each one is now three dollars. So shoot, you can't, can you? You know, yeah. you can't. It's not a. It's not a cheap hobby for kids anymore. It's no. just not. No, so like, uh, when we were kids, you know, uh, we didn't really get Marvel books. We got like yeah. Spider Man, maybe, and that was about it. Yeah, uh, because of the X Men animated series, we had like uh, these yeah. uh, these stickers that you would collect and put into album and stuff. Yeah. So we were kind of aware of the X Men, uh, but only through the animated stuff, which were great, yep. by the way. Like I am. And a, nowadays, I am. nowadays you you get some some of the Marvel stuff gets translated yep. into Croatian, but it's so yep. damn expensive, and they don't really know how to sell those here. So basically, the only way to get them is online. Yep. Like, I have a nephew. So basically, the whole uh, the digital comic book thing, the Marvel Limited or whatever it's called. Yep. That gives you, like, the access to, like, the whole digital library. Right. Of Marvel. So, and it's basically a monthly subscription box. Yep. And, it's like, if you really go into reading comic books, it's uh, I can't remember how much they charge for it, though. It's like ten but bucks a like month. Gonna, yeah, probably. I was and gonna say like, ten bucks a month, but I'm not sure. Like, and it's like I think Marvel Unlimited is like three months behind whatever they're publishing at any given time. Okay, and at that point I didn't know. It used to be six, they cut it down. Um and I mean for me, like I honestly think the whole and you know, I think Marvel will continue to somehow publish this stuff because it keeps giving them ideas for movies and shit. But this whole comic book industry is going to disappear when people my age stop either all die or stop collecting because there is no Yeah. Like my Because for the, me, as much as I would like to own 
like uh, each issue that comes out like i can't like for you it's three bucks i can't even buy it like i can yeah. maybe buy it on like i can only thing i can really do is wait till an omnibus comes out and then i can get it off amazon right for like 20 bucks so, or whatever like depending so, on how big yeah. the collection is we had that app over here, Comixology, where you can, you know, they release the stuff at the same time it comes out in print in, like, digital versions. But the only, like, little kid I've ever seen seen in the last 10 years with any level of interest in this stuff, and you would think that these movies, especially for younger children, would be doing that. I have a nephew who, at the time that I first left where I lived before coming here was like six years old or maybe younger but when when he got to be like six he started to get interested in these movies and he wanted to buy stuff but you know the as i said earlier the price point of these things at that point was so prohibitive for for a kid a year old yeah, yeah that i just gave him access to my comiXology account for free like i gave him my login and just said yeah. Just don't buy anything because it because I'll end up paying for it. Um, yeah, and, but read whatever you want. Yep, and he just read everything that I had access to, which is a shitload. Um, so like, he's in, he was interested in that stuff, but it's not like he was going to go add to the economy of it by paying for shit because it's it's too. Yeah, because it's like three bucks an issue, and that's like yeah. a lot. And the, and they're like a, as much as I enjoy them, I freely admit they're like a five minute read. So like, is a little kid really gonna throw down three, four bucks for something you can plow through in five minutes? Like, hell no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, especially with all the different things there are now to to get at from that. Oh, we have one other. We have one other Marvel thing that's gonna start before the Spider Man movie comes out that we should at least touch yes, on. Hawkeye and uh, Bishop. The next thing we're going to review in this sense would be Hawkeye. Yeah. Yep. So I was, I was not, I mean, obviously I watch all these things anyway, but I was not like super hyped for this one until the first trailer came out and I realized it's going to be fucking planes, trains, and automobiles with bows and arrows. Which made me, which made me super happy. It looked like that. It kind of looked like Die Hard. I was like, "Yes, this is going to be fucking great," and I can't wait. Um, so apparently, the first two episodes of that are going to hit Disney Plus on the twenty fourth of November. So uh, we will probably be reviewing that in early January. Would be my guess. Or yes, yeah, I, w- I would think. Probably if it's the if if it's the six episode thing, we'll probably review it in early yeah, January. I'm gonna ask if it's gonna be six episodes. Do we know? I think yet? so. I think so. Any... Six episodes, and last one would have would air twenty uh, second of December. Okay, yeah. So maybe Christmas week. Christmas. We'll, we'll wrangle up some people and do that then, um, depending on what everybody has available. So, uh, so do we I'm do aware. these like do you usually these like episode at a time or just do the no. whole series one for the end? Disney Plus things we for the Disney Plus Marvel things we've done like season wrap ups. Okay, yeah, <sighs> yeah. So then season would end on twenty second of December, yeah. and then. So you know, I, I mean, I just wanted to try the episode by episode for Prodigy and Doctor Who, because um, initially I wasn't sure that anybody other than me was going to be doing those things. So, 
Well, hey, when you brought up Doctor Who, I was like, man, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I, For sure. like I thought about Brent because he likes a lot of the older stuff, but I don't think he's watching the the current stuff. So I think he stopped with yeah. So, yeah. So this was a good, solid review of Eternals. Uh, we will be back, obviously, for uh, for Spider Man No Way Home in about a month, five weeks. Uh, that actually is. I mean, hopefully, we'll get some a decent number of people on that that actually is my birthday week so hopefully we'll oh, be nice. yep marvel's giving me a birthday present this year because uh, a movie with my favorite character and it comes out three days after my 44th birthday so yeah. <laughs> cory asked me yeah. what do you want happy what birthday you john here's your favorite mo- character cory asked me what do, you want to do? Line. what do you want what do you want to do for your birthday this year so i fired up the trailer on youtube and just pointed at the tv and went that <laughs> and she, and she was just like okay well, we were gonna do that anyway so that's fine <laughs> yeah so i'm also uh she's gonna go she's doing that paragliding thing have i told you guys this no she found mm, a com- no. she found a company in utah that does are are you familiar with what paragliding is yes yeah we are okay. So picture that with wheelchairs. Dude. Oh. She's gonna she's gonna go to Utah with her mother and do that. Okay. Cool. And that wow. that's going to be the weekend that uh that's all Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness comes out on her birthday weekend. So she's gonna go do that, and I'm gonna go see Doctor Strange. <laughs> Well, that's I don't know who's getting a better end of the thing. deal. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm so deathly afraid of heights that I can't even watch her do that. Like, oh, uh, dude, I we, hope she records the whole thing with the GoPro. Or oh, something. I'm sure they'll have, I'm sure they'll have videos and stuff. Like, I, I said to her, I'm perfectly fine watching it if I know you survived it. You know, <laughs> so like if they have if they have video after it's done, I'm perfectly happy to watch that. I just don't want to watch you doing it live because I'll spend the whole time worried you're about to die. <laughs> so, man, I'm yeah. so envious, man. I'm so yeah. envious. If we if you guys ever end up in America, we're gonna have to get together, and you're gonna have to meet my wife because. I mean, she loves all you guys that we do this crazy podcast with because, like, she knows to a certain degree it maintains my sanity. Um, ah, okay. She loves you guys. Well, we're glad, we, we gladly contribute to that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, during the during the uh, the early stages of the lockdowns when we first decided to do this, it was one of the few things that kept me sane during that. So just the idea that we could sit down and have like normal human conversations when you couldn't leave your house kind of helped. So, yeah, and we are we actually just hit, you know, not to self-promote all that much, but we we just hit eleven hundred downloads all time. uh, So we're um, our (laughs) general our general number of uh, of downloads per week has gone up quite a bit. So I do think we have, you know, and I do think the the daily thing that Josh did through October has actually helped with that quite a bit, the Halloween deal. Um, yeah, yeah. But I sure, do yeah. think we are, I do think since what I will call the mission log bump where we went 
through the roof overnight um, back in August. Uh, that yeah, our, after the con. Yeah, that our general listenership has gone up quite a bit. Uh, it's still fairly small. I would say we probably have a we probably have a dedicated audience of like twenty five, thirty ish, um, which is on people. Okay. I yeah. was gonna because I was gonna ask you. I was just uh, wasn't uh, sure whether to ask you through through the recording or through messages. Like, what's our viewership like? I mean, listeners. Yeah. So, so I would. To I all would... the people listening, this other thanks. I mean. Yeah. No, we we love our audience. I mean, we do have other than you guys who are actually listening to shit. Um, I can't tell if those were like one-time things, and I would love to know how like people in London and. Ghana and and Bangladesh found this thing. Like, you know, I, if well, I had, I can, I can assure you. I think Google had something to do with it because you know, with all their newer phones, they have this Google Podcast app, and you can find any any podcast through it. Yeah. So anything's yep. no, possible, I, man. The first time we had we had somebody it, it, Anchor registered somebody who was not from this country. I was like, how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> like, like somebody I don't know in some other part of the world is actually listening, willing to listen to me blather about shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, we're um, you know, we're approaching. Uh, I think we're approaching maybe a hundred and sixty some odd shows now, um, and we have no plans to slow down at all. We're all still really enjoying it. The one kind of rule we made the four of us made with each other is the minute any of this feels like work we stop doing it um because we all have jobs and shit already so unless we can get of to the point we don't where, do. we can actually make some money off of it yep i was gonna say unless we can get to the point where we can actually this can be our jobs uh we don't need this to be a job until then so uh, the minute anything started to feel like work, we just decided not to do it. Uh, that's largely why I stopped doing the comic thing, because I was so far behind. I found I was just starting to read stuff to review it and not actually because I wanted to read it. Um, oh, okay. So I stopped doing it for a while. Maybe at some point I will start that again. Um, I just kind of needed a stretch of time where I was reading comics for enjoyment again instead of like, oh, I guess I have to review this now. Um, so, all right, boys, thanks for joining me for that. We will, Milos, we'll figure out Doctor Who probably tomorrow. Um, let me uh, get, yeah, home. yeah, let me get home from work and all that stuff, and then we'll figure out exactly. Yeah, what you we can have. message me and we can work something out. I'm guessing your wife doesn't have any meeting for anything? tomorrow. I don't think so. On the showings and whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll check with her. Yeah, because they no, kind of. What- bumped us the last time yeah so. she, she's on our condo board so you know we're not yeah. trying to sell the place or anything but uh she's on like the the group that makes all the decisions around here so yep so i'll yeah, check so with as her. long as yeah we can yeah we'll definitely you know and watch it tomorrow and then we can watch it with me so maybe she'll have some some thoughts too thoughts uh, and ideas well yeah she's yeah. more than welcome to join us of course all right man Later, guys. All right. Later, dude.